0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, joined by my good friend, max aka airpods max patton yeah of course with his airpods max love that blue color by the way um welcome to a podcast of us drooling over things we wish we had this is part one of a two-part series of um basically the evs europe gets that we don't and we're jealous so I figure a good one to start it right off with is uh, the Honda e and um, I guess before I get to that let's preface this we kind of selected 10 intriguing all relatively affordable I mean they all fall within 20 like high 20s to low to mid 30s as far as the price so no crazy weird one-off luxury vehicles they're all attainable kind of everyday people vehicles. And basically it's like cars that we would eye for ourselves if we were in Europe. Of course, Europe gets a lot of the cars we get in the U S but these are exclusive sometimes for better or for worse. And, uh, we're going to kind of go through some of them, talk about some of the specs, some of the design, uh, what we think of them. And, um, honestly, if you are in Europe, this is probably a lot of really good buying advice. And if you're in America, you can cry with us and enjoy looking at the beauties such as this Honda E. Um, I love the Honda E. Now we recently did a podcast on Honda's electrification strategy. This is like the only current EV they have on sale. Um, which sadly it is only in europe uh i think there's a honda clarity of course but uh this is cool i love the design we've drooled over this many times and uh i just want to say when you go to their website in this case we're on the uk website it just starts right off with saying it's got power um (laughs) does it though what do you think of the e max
1: I think the E is awesome. I agree with you. It looks beautiful and it does honestly have power. Zero to 16, 8.3 seconds for a city hatchback, which is what this is, is really good, even if it's not fast in the EV terminology. And uh, it's doubly painful because not only do we not get the Honda E here, but uh, we don't have its cool like wingtip cameras because our um, highway regulators don't think that should be legal in the US. So it's just Super, you know, super futuristic, really out there EV. Yes, it's questionably, you know, it's not high range and it's very expensive, uh, but it is undeniably beautiful. It is um, an iconic design. It's got like this really cool interior, too, with like a dashboard that can display a virtual aquarium and all kinds of fun stuff.
2: Yeah, you can see all the digital mirrors here. Um, it's just cool technology. Very, very good um, design as far as interior and exterior, and they actually made probably the only Honda steering wheel I like. So that's impressive. Props to you, Honda. Now, if only this was in the states, and honestly, if only it was a little bit cheaper. Um, so we'll we'll mention some of the specs really briefly here. You can get it from anywhere you know, from 134 to 152 horsepower. For those of you looking at kilowatt, it's 100 to 113 kilowatt motor. Um, is this rear wheel drive? Yes, it is. I think, yeah, this is one of the only rear-wheel drive cars on our entire list, so that's pretty cool. 232 pound-feet of torque, that is impressive. Um, and now it's a 35-kilowatt-hour battery with up to 50-kilowatt DC fast charging. That's not that impressive for the charging, but it's a small battery, and it's a city car primarily. Uh, something else I should preface is, for almost all these cars, they are designed for the European market, which means they can level two charge at. of about 22 kilowatts or up to that's the European standard. Whereas in the U S our level two typical charging is up to like seven kilowatts, sometimes more in very niche circumstances, but that's one way Europe tends to be ahead of us in the type two charging uh, industry. As far as range, we have 211 kilometers or 135 miles WLTP. So that might be a bit optimistic, but in the city that might be fairly accurate. And as Max said, 0 to 60 in 8.3 seconds. Not blisteringly fast, but uh, doesn't need to be. That's the thing with a lot of these cars. 0 to 60 is just what we've decided as humanity for some reason as a very important spec. When in reality, on these city cars, I think you're probably going to be happier with 0 to 30 or 0 to 45 times, which I think this is probably pretty good with. Uh, do you know the pricing on this?
1: Yes, they'd start at thirty seven and a half thousand I believe pounds uh for you know the british listeners out there uh with the dollar being as strong as it is right now that actually equates pretty well to us dollars but of course you Mm -hmm. can't buy one here but if you could (laughs) you could think of it as like um the next gen version of the bmw i3 a very expensive very stylish city car with not a ton of range it does also have dc fast charging uh which i mentioned so 50 kilowatts peak rate uh and i don't know if uh Kyle did a charging test when he drove his, but I think you know it's a smallish battery, so it should charge pretty yeah. quickly.
2: Yeah, it's fine. Um, next on the list is something I personally wish very much that we had here, and that would be the Fiat 500e. Now, Max and I have recently tested, which may not be up at the time, but on Out of Spec Reviews, we'll have a video on the outgoing Fiat 500e, the one of the prior gen that has been discontinued now in the U.S., um, so this is the new generation Fiat 500 E looks fantastic. In a lot of ways, it doesn't really look that much different, just subtle design cues, like more sleek and modern headlight and daytime running light designs. Um, really interesting wheels. Also super cool colors. In this case for our visual listeners and watchers on YouTube, it's kind of like a pink rosé kind of color. Um, really, really. I, I wish we had this car so badly. <laughs> I rode in one in Germany and was so impressed. And, you know, the issues I had with the one we tested, um, granted it's very cheap, so the issues are okay. They're justified, but the range is not great. It's very much a city car. But in this new one, the range is uh, 190 miles or so now that's i think wltp as well so probably a bit less in reality maybe a bit more if you're doing slow city driving but that is a very very usable range i would be super happy with that 85 kilowatt dc fast charging for its 42 kilowatt hour battery that's also pretty solid Um, and as far as power, it does get a little bit of a power bump, 116 horsepower or 87 kilowatt and 162 pound feet of torque. That is slightly more powerful than the one we drove, um, today as of recording this. And, uh, that was still pretty fast. I mean, we had a lot of fun, um, still not that fast zero to 60. And I think nine seconds, but it starts at 28 grand yeah. You look at zero to sixty,
1: uh, but that is for good reason. Like you were talking about, that amazing range is being delivered by largely a much bigger battery. So it seems like that very marginal power bump doesn't really offset the weight increase. Uh, but that zero to 20, 0 to thirty, I think is still going to be really respectable.
2: Yeah. So that's a very compelling option, honestly. If I was in Europe, this would probably be my. First choice. I mean, it's fun to think of all these as good choices because they're all forbidden fruit for us over here in the States. But if I was in Europe or if I could pick one of these cars to come to the U.S., it would probably be this one. I would have it. I would dress it up like the vintage looking Fiat 500 I used to have um, and just get every upgrade imaginable, And which is probably kind of dumb. But, you know, I would still do it. But next on the list is the new.
1: You mentioned the killer of this twenty-eight thousand pound starting price. Sorry, yeah, very good price. You know, over ten grand less than the Honda E we just looked at, and functionally this is a superior car. So that's kind of aside from the fact that it has two doors, but it's awesome.
2: Yeah, maybe not quite as powerful, but I think it's also weighs less. You have to look at power-to-weight ratio, not just raw power. This charges faster, has bigger battery, more range, and it's cheaper than the Honda E. I don't know how I could choose Honda E over this, except the Honda E has fantastically cool styling, and it's very unique. But I like the VF 500E. But next on the list is the Kia Soul EV which uh the new generation now max you've recently driven the previous generation is that right for your cheap car
1: series the 2017 model year in the u.s was made until 2019 but once they've uh, refreshed the soul they kept selling the gas more in the u.s but they axed plans for this new ev which is sad because canada gets it and our european uh friends across the pond do but we don't
2: very sad uh what'd you think of the previous one is this something you really wish we had here
1: the previous one, if we were looking at uh gas sole, wouldn't be that big of a difference, right? Uh, they facelifted yeah. all of the soles, but this new Soul EV, compared to the one I drove, has a dramatically bigger battery, dramatically more range. It's more powerful, which means it's actually fast, uh, which is really nice. It's actually equivalent, I think, in horsepower terms or kilowatt terms, whichever you prefer, to the Kia Soul Turbo, the 1.6T, but it's electric. So instead of having that, you know, turbo charge, like wine with the CV, <laughs> you get a smooth, linear, prog- uh, progressive delivery of torque. So I think this is awesome. All the reviews from uh, our favorite British car reviewers seem to bear that out. This seems to be a really awesome car, offered at a pretty good
2: price, too, that we don't get. Yeah, it's funny. The Fiat 500e also has comparable specs to its torque Brother, the Torquey gas version, um, which is fun. That means they're they're somewhat compelling to drive, um, just naturally because they're electric, but also the fact that they have specs to compare with a torque. Internal combustion engine or a turbo, sorry, one is awesome. So specs wise on the Kia Soul EV, two hundred and one horsepower or one hundred and fifty kilowatt motor, <clears throat> and then two hundred ninety one pound feet of torque. That is crazy amounts of torque and solid horsepower. Now there's a base model with one hundred and thirty four horsepower, still decent, but uh, I would for sure get the the bigger one. Of course, the bigger, more powerful one also has a bigger battery, so sixty four kilowatt hours and I think up to a hundred kilowatt DC fast charging. Although some sources said 75, which is interesting because the prior generation had Chatamo, And now as of 2020, this has DC or CCS, which is really cool. Now the base battery is 40 kilowatt hours. So definitely less. Um, but as far as the range with the bigger battery, 243 miles, that's fantastic. That's on par with like Chevy bolt over here in the States. Um, WLTP says 282 miles, I don't know, somewhere in that realm, which is really, really fantastic range, about 450 kilometers of city driving. Zero to 60 in 7.9 seconds, so... Not blisteringly fast, but faster than the Honda e, which says in its press release on its website that it is fast. So by the transitive property, this must be fast, but the price, I think I found that it was 43,000. I think that was for the upgraded model. So the base one I think is in the high thirties. That is definitely a bit more of a premium price tag, but I think could be justified because of the really impressive range and decent charging and decent storage space as well
1: yes and depending on which european country you're in you do get incentives just like we do get in america now they're being restructured but in europe i think the price can be brought down to basically just over thirty-two thousand pounds if you option it right in the uk uh, and if you get that plug-in credit, so that's great because it has a you know big battery. It qualifies. It, it is very much an EV. So super exciting. It's just kind of expensive, but it is like you said, very, it's Bolt comparable range with arguably a lot more, uh, a lot better styling and practicality. Being a Soul, being a big box, and also yeah. um, I think in the styling department, uh, just to describe for our audio listeners, it kind of looks like a mini Range Rover now. That's how like the new Souls look. Um, they have facelifted them and maybe it's polarizing i like it you know it's got the slim new led headlights it's uh, two-tone colors as you can get with the roof i think it's really sharp
2: nice cool boxy shape it would look great with a roof rack maybe a roof box or a basket of course that would cut into your efficiency but It's okay. It's all about the looks. Am I right? Um, Plastic cladding as well, which is, uh, it's just becoming a trend, which I think would make this look pretty cool. I think this would look awesome lifted with some bigger tires, uh, which would be absolutely pointless for how anyone drives a Kia Soul. But (laughs) (laughs) how much can I destroy the range of this car? But let's move on to a brand we don't even get in the States. Uh, Granted, it is GM. Kind of umbrella-esque, but the Opel Maka E. Now, this is interesting. The, la- the last two cars we're talking about in this part one of this series are actually a shared platform. They both share the ECMP, um, which is Opel and Peugeot, and there's one in there as well. But um, this is the Maka E. So these last two cars do have identical specs as far as motor and torque. Um as well as battery and charging so 136 horsepower or 100 kilowatt 192 pound feet of torque so not a performance monster but uh just look at this branding they use they have it sitting in a skateboard park dressed in bright green with two-tone black hood and roof with like chrome for some reason and then the skateboard park is like painted partially green who's a dude looks like he's from portland on his phone although i think he's not from portland because this is europe <laughs> um but yeah the Maka or mocha i don't know how you say it but uh what do it's you think of M-O-K-K-E this? m-o-k-k-e though? for audio listeners and
1: mokka dash street character saying mock e like the ford vehicle but of course it's opal
2: yeah As far as battery, it has 50 kilowatt hour battery up to 100 kilowatt DC fast charging. Those are acceptable specs, I will say. I think all of these cars have about 100 kilowatt, um, except the Honda and Fiat fall a bit short, the Honda quite a bit short. But 100 kilowatt DC fast charging on a battery this size is really quite solid and again with all these electric cars you have to realize the charging curve is more important than the actual peak charging rate because some companies will advertise a peak charging rate and then only have it for like two minutes so it's all marketing jargon as far as range 322 kilometers about there uh, which is what 240 miles or so range wltp which is decent that's acceptable. 60 in nine seconds which is about what i would expect for a small crossover being pushed along by the relatively weak motor Um, starts around thirty five thousand five hundred euros which is i'd say probably somewhat competitive i do love their photo gallery it's just every car they use was green and there's green surroundings the buildings are like painted green it's kind of fun probably some subconscious delivery of their green uh messaging um uh, pure electricity i guess but what do you think of the Maka e
1: yeah i think it's great another one that kind of i think does the two-tone styling with the black roof on the model they keep showing on the website with the green color scheme uh and you know not super powerful in terms of the motor but torquey enough and uh lightweight enough and zero to sixty nine seconds isn't terrible if you're comparing gas small crossovers i keep banging on about this but like nowadays if you have a 1.5 or 1.6 you know a liter displacement engine with a turbocharger it's not that's not going to be a particularly pleasurable powertrain either so i think these small motors are nothing to uh nothing to sneeze at especially when you consider that this is mostly going to be driven in an urban or around town setting where you're going to realize more of that range because it's electric it's more efficient at those settings uh, i think we should also mention that we keep you talking about the kilometers and the miles rating from wltp so the european test cycle where they get those ranges from is notoriously more generous than our epa's on test cycle so you have to consider it's a little bit inflated compared to the numbers you'll get from uh most us manufacturers because we use epa figures and our epa just seems to test more in the real world wltp is a little bit more best case scenario
2: you're driving at slower speeds granted something to defend their system is a lot of vehicles in europe and even the cities and speed limits are a bit less there's a lot more of the city driving versus in this in the u.s we're a bit more spread out we do have a lot more highway commuting so it is possible that they would sort of correlate hand in hand and i'd actually love to develop some sort of test to like analyze analyze that but um it's funny, I just want to mention here, it talks about the strong silent type, just how quiet it is with an EV. And literally, there's this guy and this girl, and she like has fallen asleep on his shoulder. And he looks like he's hanging on by a thread, also about to fall asleep. So <laughs> that's, that's them leading into the uh, electrification of their drivetrain, I guess. So I think to to tie into the next car, same platform architecture uh, as the Peugeot E208, which is the electric cousin of the Peugeot 208, uh, which is one of my favorite vehicles on this list. And I think very interesting looking one. It's hard to make CUVs and hatches look unique in some ways, but I think Peugeot does a excellent job with that, especially with the the front lighting design and characteristics that, you know, their, their logo is like a lion. And literally the lights look like a lion, just like sliced through the car with its claws and just left daytime running lights in its stead. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Aside from lion, that's the new Peugeot logo. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, this one I think looks fantastic as far as exterior, but also the interior. Let me show right here the look at these cockpit switches i mean this is like what you'd see in a mustang gt 350 here in the states um it's kind of a flattened top and bottom on the steering wheel and just cool toggle switches on the interior very clean simplistic a whole lot of carbon fiber not sure how i feel about that a lot of piano black which looks fantastic in renderings or photographs but um yeah not not my favorite as far as living with it but i love seeing this blue and this yellow This is definitely one of my favorites. Um, And let's talk specs. I mean, just a refresher, because it's basically all the same. 136 horsepower, 100 kilowatt, 192 pound-feet of torque, 50 kilowatt-hour battery, 100 kilowatt DC fast charging. All the same, uh, about 225 miles WLTP, so also comparable. I think it's a little smaller and weighs a little less. And so the 0 to 60 time is quoted to be 8.1 seconds, which is a bit faster. Also because of the size being a bit smaller, that's possibly why it's a little bit cheaper. I don't know if we mentioned, oh yeah, we did it early, but the Opal Maka-E was 35,000-ish euros. This one starts at about 30,000. So yeah, comparable, all in that same realm. Um, what do you think it of it? It seems the like you're paying the SUV mutually. tax for the maki Even I mean <laughs> yeah. they're both, you know,
1: crossover-ish vehicles, but this being more of that traditional hatchback, I mean it is a hatchback, they don't even try to call it a crossover, whereas the Opal maki E might have a little bit more ground clearance for your off-roading adventures, uh or just, you know, a little bit more of that SUV cabin space.
2: Yeah. I really, really like this thing. I think this is this is like the car. If I go to Europe and have to rent a car, this is probably something I would look for. I even love their trims: the Allure Premium Plus, the Active Premium Plus. Pretty pretty intriguing. Um, I just like Peugeot in general. They make great salt and pepper grinders. And... <laughs> I don't know, but that's uh, I mean that's that's the first five of this list we wanted to mention of Europe EVs we wish we got. And um, I mean, these are the things Max and I would just look at for fun. So we thought we'd bring you along for the ride. Um, let us know what you think of these five vehicles. We didn't list them in any sort of order. It was just kind of randomly selected. And so join us for part two at a really soon later date where we can look at the next five on our list, um, especially ending with something very spicy. What do you think, Max, of this five? What are you? What's your take?
1: Uh, I think it's a strong five, and I agree. I hope you know to at least have the chance to see them or drive some of them at some point. Uh, I am really, I think, most broken about the Honda E. But all of these are just honestly great value budget EV options. Everyone always talks about how in these states we don't get these. And to your earlier point about European driving involving more cities and thus getting more uh, EV driving range because people are driving at lower speeds, I think that might be part of it, right? Every time we see like a uh, European EV or let's just say a global EV platform come to the states, we're usually the ones who get the bigger battery pack, the longer wheelbase, the more expensive version like the ID Buzz or the ID4, right? Uh, We get those because Europeans think that us Americans just drive at ridiculously fast speeds for way too long. And maybe we do, but we just have higher expectations and thus our prices get pushed up. So it's nice to see more of these modest kind of smaller battery uh, city vehicles that are honestly really great. And uh, yeah, I I think it would be just so, so nice if we got something here.
2: Lots of forbidden fruit. Of course, you can all import these in 25 years when maybe we'll be listening to this podcast again and revisiting it to remember what it was like back in the day. So thanks for joining on part one of this series, and we'll see you in part two very soon. Let us know what you think of these cars. Which ones would you like? Or if you are overseas and lucky enough, which ones do you own and why? We'll see you very soon. Another episode of the Out of Spec podcast.